I'm Alan Hall, host of the Uptime Wind Energy Podcast. Our guest today is Megan Rotondo, Service Development Manager with Onyx Insight. And if you don't know Onyx Insight, well, you're missing out because Onyx Insight is a global renewable technology business that provides predictive analytics and wind turbine monitoring services to owners and operators of renewable energy assets. Their solutions deliver increased energy production and reduced operations and maintenance costs, enabling wind turbine operators to minimize unplanned downtime and maximize investment returns. All good things. Onyx Insight are technology agnostic and work across all types of turbines and CMS systems to optimize turbine efficiency. And you, you probably, if you do know Onyx Insight, you probably know them from all the drivetrain vibration monitoring equipment, which they excel at. Uh, Megan has a lot of experience in blades. So Megan has a previous experience with GE and Envision on blade design. So she's a real blade person. And this is why we love having Megan on the program, because we can geek out on blades a little bit. Megan, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So Onyx Insight had a recent announcement with Nerth Lab. And if people are not familiar with Nerth Lab, Nerth Lab is based in South Korea, and they do drone inspections at a, at a really cool and a couple of cool things there. That partnership... When it was announced, like, wow, that's super powerful. Uh, it, it sounds like as a blade engineer, it's going to give you a lot more access to data and information from the field, right? Is that where, where it was going? Yeah, yeah. We announced the partnership um, end of March, early April of this year. And really just to, I mean, really coming from our customers, I mean, as part of our expansion, you know, I joined Onyx in 2021. And like you mentioned, best known for drivetrain CMS, so really focused on bearings, gearboxes, um, more of the drivetrain on the turbine. However, it came from our customers that, you know, we really need to consider the whole turbine when we're talking about predictive maintenance. So this is just another part of that story is, you know, we offer, you know, you do boroscopes on gearboxes, you do end-of-warranty walk-down inspections, we go to teardowns for bearings. So for blades, we need to be able to offer a similar service. Um, so instead of reinventing the wheel, and like you mentioned, we like to be pretty flexible in our technology, um, this partnership with Nerth Lab allows us to offer a more streamlined like turnkey service. So if someone's working with us on an end-of-warranty campaign, um, instead of the customer having to search for another company or multiple companies to handle the blade inspections, we're now able to streamline that offering um, in-house. That's really interesting. because. Nerth Labs then becomes part of your AI hub that Onyx has. And Onyx uh, has a system where you can access pretty much anything about your turbine and tap into resources like you. Adding Nerth Lab just plugs into that AI hub system? Yeah, so that's that's the vision kind of with bringing in blade inspections to is to bring in that data stream to the AI Hub platform. It allows you to bring in the data from multiple sources um, because currently, and you know, for better or worse, it, it's streamlined, but only in its silo. So when you're looking at blade inspections and you want to plan for repairs or you want to plan for maintenance on a turbine, each kind of piece gets its own silo. So if you have SCADA, lost energy, performance issues, you have performance engineers looking at that. You have your drivetrain, gearbox issues. You have someone specializing in that, working in Excel spreadsheets or their own platform. And then blades have traditionally been over here in this other platform. So you can imagine from a fleet perspective, if you're talking big fleets, you have thousands of turbines across you know, multiple um, countries, states, what have you. Um, 
it's hard to understand what's all going on <laughs> with all the blades, all the drivetrain, all your performance issues. So the idea behind AI Hub and what we're building and, and kind of bringing in piece by piece is bringing all those data streams together so that, you know, you can get your individualized, you know, blade engineer logs in and they, they can focus strictly on what they need to do for the blades. But the site manager can also log in and see, well, I have blade inspections going on and these repairs have come through. Um, but I also have a gearbox down and I need to replace main bearing. And it kind of gives them more of a full picture of what's happening at the site. So that's kind of the, the vision <laughs> of bringing in all these pieces. And, you know, it's a lot of work to get all these pieces talking. Um, but that's just one piece we need to fill out. So this, this is part of that journey is to partner with Nerth Lab and get some, um, you know, experience working with blade inspections and bringing that in and seeing how that data works together and how we can, you know, just make, make operations a little bit more efficient instead of just working in our silos. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I hear the same complaint from operators all around the world. They just get bombarded with information, 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 and there's no central place to sort of organize it. So they're having to do it on their own. And it means they're bringing in software people and trying to put things in order. It's really complicated. And that's why people should reach out to Onyx Insight because you have it all already figured out in a nice platform. So you're not reinventing the wheel every time. It's amazing watching operators do what Onyx has already done why are they doing it? I don't know. Because there's sort of like two pieces to Onyx Insight, which is one, they have the platform already built, so you can get your data in there. But two, and probably more importantly, they can tap into people like you who can give them advice on what they're seeing on the screen. Yeah. So that's the other piece that's really hopefully going to bring a little bit more um, value to the blade inspections. I know a lot of times, especially like big drone providers, they got to crank through thousands, tens of thousands of images, get the first pass done, get it back to the customer as fast as possible. Um, and so it's, I mean, necessarily generalized. They have to get these things, big production, big volume, um, get those inspections out. Um, so the idea behind the partnership is with our specific customers, you know, we're offering a turnkey service. So when you, you know, contract Earth Lab to come to site through Onyx, you know, we're going to be looking at those images and you know, having a blade engineer review done, ready to go with your prioritized list of repairs all in one service um, instead of, you know, sometimes, and it depends, we like to be flexible for customers. You know, some customers have that resource in-house. Maybe they have a team of five different blade engineers who manage different sites and they may not need that expertise, but there are others that that really can't have that expertise in-house or they have so many turbines that their blade engineer is focused on the cash rock failure managing the repair team, you know, doing a lot of other tasks that are very important. So when the pictures come in and you have to go through the 200 severity 4.5 that comes in, which is, again, I, I mentioned this as a really hot topic for the past like two years on standardizing severities, but it makes sense to run a conservative estimate. You, as a drone company, at least from my perspective as a blade engineer, you want to highlight anything that's concerning. And you want to make sure the customer knows about it and looks at it and can make a decision. But that does mean you get this like huge chunk of things that you need to look at. So it can be really overwhelming, especially if you're doing it by site. A lot of customers leave it up to the site manager. And the site manager might just say like, I mean, 
sure, they said it's 34, so I'm going to just throw these 100 <laughs> damages to my repair team and say, what, what can you do this year? Then the repair team has to look at it and say, well, I guess I'll just go turbine by turbine. So you're not really prioritizing smartly. So the idea behind working with NerthLab is we have a nice streamlined service and we'll work with, you know, any drum provider in-house or whoever. But the nice thing about partnering is we can kind of set that all up ahead of time. We know the software. We know how things go in. We're helping planning it from the get-go. And then we can take a look at the damages that come in. And when you get, you know, when you log in, you're going to see here are your top 10. This is what, you know, the blade engineer recommends you repair. Here are the next priority um, going, you know, maybe directly to your site manager. We can even get that into, you know, AI Hub. So then the site manager gets, you know, they even have to look at the thousands of images if they don't want to. Um, they can just look at the 10 that are the most important. That seems to have a huge value if I'm not an operator. But if I were an operator, that to me is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to me and just time saved and you know, with my team of people. Because somebody's got to sort through all that. And do you really want to have that person on your staff? Probably not, depending on the size of the of the operator, obviously. And then there's a lot of operators from really tiny operators to massives, right? The next errors of the world. Uh, there, <laughs> there, there's a lot in between. And it's those in between and the small operators, I think, that really struggle here of coming up with an effective campaign plan and knowing what the next turbine is to work on and why. Probably more importantly, why am I working on this turbine and not the next one down? That's that's a huge service that Onyx Insight can provide. Yeah, I mean, we we try to give that engineering backing to our recommendations, um, and then yeah, it's hard to it's hard for a drone company to have all all of that expertise. I mean, they're focusing on you know, like North Lab especially, they're focusing on good autonomous drones that are very safe that operate automatically. You know the um, one of their offers that, you know, Onyx was super interested in is the mobile drone where they kind of like you, you kind of get like an application that's going to fly the drone. You don't have to bring in a professional pilot who knows everything about drones. You just so that that's their focus. Their their specialty is, you know, autonomous flight, um, good hardware, good camera, good images, and then the image AI processing of the software on the back end. So what we're trying to help provide is that more holistic operations and maintenance piece. Like, great, we're getting really good data. That's what we want. Really easy to access data. Now, what do we do with it? And that's, I think, what's Onyx's focus has been for a while um, with having the engineering consulting team, you know, on staff is being able to take all the good software, good data that we get, and and then tell you what to do with it, which is always a really hard decision, um, you know. And it it and with blades especially, we've talked about that, and I'm sure. You've talked about that a lot on the podcast is how just complicated things can get and understanding all the nuances of the different architectures and turbines and what the current failures are out in the field. What do you need to be concerned about? It's just hard to keep track of all that when you're trying to run a site. So we're hoping to provide that value. Well, I think you do in, in terms of just have seeing the same problem on other farms. And if if you're not actively involved in some of the community groups and talking to other operators, you may not know that your turbines are going to come up with a problem in a year. Where Onyx knows because you've you've seen it, and that's where the resource like you becomes really critical. And I want to discuss the Nerth Lab piece for a minute because I think it was about a year ago when Nerth Lab introduced sort of the autonomous buy the software, fly the drone capability, and I thought, wow, that is really amazing. 
I haven't seen a lot of data on the images there, but I know Nerth Lab likes to do tremendous quality images. You've seen it. How is that system? Can you describe like how it's working and, and what your thoughts are about that new Nerth Lab system? Well, so on the pro drone side, so that's your typical like giant $30,000 drone that the that you're going to have the professionals come in and manage. Those are the highest quality images um, and very, and a lot of the focus there I think is interesting and I'm learning too. On, I'm not a, you know, like a image expert or drone expert. Uh, that's why we're partnering with people who are. Um, but a lot of it has to do with like lighting and how you take the photo. So I think a lot of focus and what, Nerth Lab's focus is is on how the photo is taken and the flight path that drives good quality photos. Because I've seen this a lot when drone drone images come in um, from various companies. If you're just kind of like run the system, get it done, get out of there, you're gonna end up with it's not the camera. They have great cameras on these um, on these drones. Everybody has great cameras. It's pretty ubiquitous. Um, it's the lighting. You get these like the super dark images where they try to just like auto brighten and you get all the weird pixelation and you can't, can't really see what's going on. Um, and that's where I've seen damages get missed or a really important thing that I'm learning, um, uh, which I, you know, I don't know the details of the technology of how to do this, but you can't have the blade be like looking into direct sunlight because you, the, the sun just like blocks what you're trying to look at. Um, so there's just, which is less to do with the actual like pixels and camera and more to do with how you're flying the drone and how it's taking the images. So it's, you know, and I, I, I admit this is not my specialty. That's again, we're partnering with Nerd Lab. Um, but I have seen the images. I've been on the back end of that where you see these images where you're like, I can't, you know, it's usually a historical image. You're looking at it and you, you have no idea if the crack was there last year because the image was washed out. There were these sunbeams. It seems silly, um, but all these details do make sense when you're trying to get a good, high-quality image where you can identify, you know, a small crack. Um, so that's how I've seen the quality and, you know, my learning and working with Nerth Lab and, and a drone company is learning, like, it's not just having the best camera or doing the inspection as fast as possible, even though that is an important metric. It's, you know, getting good images so that you didn't waste your time. Um, you know, sometimes I've heard from site managers, they bring the drone company on site and then, you know, the pilot just you know, get it done, get it done, get out of here. Um, and when the engineers receive it on the back end, they say, you need to go refly 10 turbines because we can't even look at this or the AI processing can't look for damages. So that's been happening. If you focus solely on just anyone getting your images done, um, you may have to refly. Otherwise, it's been a waste of time. So I think it's an important consideration, especially in wind. We're so focused on like the cheapest, fastest, get it done option, but just taking just a, a small focus on quality will help reduce the rework on the on the back end. Sure. Well, that makes total sense. I haven't thought of it that way. I have seen some drone images come in on the lightning damage side, and we see a lot of lightning damage, and some of them are just so terrible. You can't tell. What is going on? And you wonder, like, why was the purpose of flying that drone to begin with? And it makes sense to connect with a Nerth Lab who who is paying attention to the quality of the image, not the quantity of the image so much and how speedy they're doing it. it. And when I have seen Nerth Lab at like the Blades USA forum and some other places, that's what they speak to, right? Is they're they're speaking to quality because eventually it's going to end up in 
Megan's inbox who needs to be able to do something with it. And if the photos are garbage, then, you know, you're going to have to go back out and do it again and you're paying for it twice. So it makes sense to, to connect with someone like a North Lab who knows what they're doing. Yeah, it is important. It doesn't seem important at first. And, you know, if you are getting good quality images, you might not think about it. <laughs> so, but it is important to um, make sure what you're paying for is done right and done right the first time too. It is difficult. So having now connected blades and blade information and, and now you have access to North Labs, how often do you recommend flying the blades for overall damage progression? I've We were at Blades USA Forum, I think you were there, uh, and RWE gave a good presentation saying once a year is probably not enough, that twice a year is probably the minimum amount. So you can track the progression because cracks don't grow consistently over time. Sometimes they kind of explode, right? They get much bigger quickly. You just need to be have more data set. What are you seeing in terms of, or what's your recommendation there? How often should you be flying and inspecting blades with uh, North Lab systems? Depends on your site and what you're seeing. So, you know, the typical trend that everybody's talking about now um, is that, yeah, newer technology, we're seeing a lot of these infant mortality events, serial defects, um, lower margins on the blades. So it's just, if something were to go wrong, it's more likely to show up and be one of those cracks that you're going to sit there and want to track. Some of your older sites um, are higher margin sites or sites that haven't been giving you, you know, too much trouble uh, in terms of the specific blade design. I think once a year is still sufficient for those sites. Um, so with the caveat, like you brought up lightning damage, some sites, you know, they have severe lightning damage. They have a lot of issues with lightning. They have carbon blades, um, high lightning density, what have you. Um, and those sites, some of them are going out after every lightning storm. So that case is much more frequent than, you know, two times a year. Um, so there's a big spread about what's appropriate for your site and your turbine. Um, so I would suggest, you know, my recommendation, if it's a newer technology blade, um, obviously there's a warranty period, but I've, I've seen more and more that customers are almost like shadow monitoring, um, to use a term from drivetrain, and doing their own inspections, so they have their own data. Um, especially when it's coming out of the warranty period, they have a nice history of what's been going on, even if the OEM is all, or the warranty provider is also, you know, doing those inspections. So that's important, especially with the trends that we're seeing with newer technology, big blades, lower margins, et cetera. You may want to start with the once a year, get a baseline and then see what issues pop up. If you are doing that inspection and in the first two years, you know, once you get your baseline data, you see well, this inspection revealed, you know, 10% of these cracks that look a little concerning. There are cracks near the root. Um, we had a category five in the first two years. That's when you start to maybe want to change your strategy, something like RWE is talking about. And when you do that, what's really important is understanding damage types. What damage type do you have and how fast does it grow? And that, in that case, even two times a year may be difficult. And that's where something like maybe the mobile drone technology comes in, where you have a drone that you you own on site, and that way the, the inspection is much cheaper. You um, It's still an autonomous flight that you don't need a ton of pilot training. You just need you know, your official license, and you need to be able to handle a drone. So you could train you know, a technician um, or someone on site to manage like something that's going to be specific to the site, specific to the blade, specific concerns. So they're not flying the whole turbine, or they're not flying every turbine 
they're just tracking. If you want to track damage progression, you want to be doing that pretty often. So you're understanding, is this something that's growing, you know, within the year or is it something like you mentioned a few weeks and it's starting to progress? So that's the tricky thing with blades. I mean, it's a brittle composite. So a lot of these, you know, we've seen serial damages where not you can't see anything on the outside um, until, you know, two days before the failure. So it, it can run the you can run the risk of thinking that, you know, a lot if you're tracking it, but it is a little bit unpredictable. So you have to be you have to be understanding there's a variety of damages with variety of growth rates, depending on where it is on the blade and, and what kind of damage type it is. That's where that background knowledge is coming in. If you have Nerf Lab images of the outside of the blade and you have a general understanding of who the manufacturer of the blade is, where it came from, you have a history, and where do internal inspections fit into the overall blade monitoring? Is it something that happens yearly? Is it something that only happens when you see something on the outside or you just have you just know from previous blade history, like, hey, we need to be looking on the inside? How does How do you suss that out? It is really difficult. And we've had customers ask this because obviously they want to, it's, it's quite expensive right now, even even using robotic inspections. I mean, you still have to stop the turbine and have someone climb. You have lotto. Um, you know, even if you're using robotics, it can get expensive. Um, so currently with the costs and, and how much time it takes, I think internal inspections should be done at end of warranty for sure. If you If you have no data, what's going on in there? Especially with the newer technology, we all know these trends. We're seeing a lot of issues out in the field with longer blades, high stress, um, at least end of warranty. And you want to get some kind of baseline. What what do you have? And you may be doing a subset. Tricky thing about doing a subset, as you know, you've talked about in this podcast, we talked about before, manufacturing defects are randomly distributed. It's not like they're going to necessarily appear in every blade. If possible, if financially feasible, it'd be great to get 100% baseline on internals. Now, the second piece that you mentioned, known issues, the industry is very um, connected. A lot of people know each other. And so a lot of people know what's going on. So if you have one of those blades that has, you know, some issues that another site is seeing, um, you definitely want to get, again, a sweep. You want to take a sweep of the of the site internally. For older turbines, things you haven't seen any issues, it's kind of echoing what I said on the external side. Um Internal inspections are expensive. It's not something you can just quickly do. So I wouldn't recommend you just go out and do 100%. You may want to be looking at like a five-year basis just to make sure nothing's cropping up that looks concerning. And then you kind of have to pivot from what you find. So that's why I recommend end of warranty being a good time. Because if you go through that end of warranty period, you're not seeing anything externally. You're not seeing anything internally. You stick to your yearly annual inspection and move on. But if you go to an end of warranty and you find yeah, 10% of the turbines have severity five damages internally or externally, then you can develop your program from there, specific to your site or your blades. So kind of two-pronged. Um, I think internal inspections are important, um, but you you may want to customize it because, you know, it is is quite expensive um, and it may not be needed. So you want to optimize and, and focus those expenses on turbines with known issues or, or maybe some baseline that you've set. And regarding the connection between external and internal, it's unfortunately not a great correlation. Um, I've seen this specifically on some blades where um, you'll see an external damage that's quite severe, um, and you won't see anything internally. 
there'll be nothing there or vice versa. You, you can see, especially anything to do with like bonding, shear webs, it's really difficult to get any indication from the external inspections whether you have anything internally. Just as engineering judgment would say, if you're seeing a ton of external damages in your inspections, probably a good idea to take an internal look, but it's not going to guarantee that um, there's anything to be found in there. Um, but it would indicate maybe that there were some manufacturing concerns. So that's kind of how I would approach it. Yeah, Megan, that makes total sense to me. And it's, and it's good you explained it because it, it is a complicated subject and there are different off-ramps in which way to go. But that's a really good summary of, of when internal inspections should be done and why you should be doing them. That's why people come to you at Onyx Insight to, to find out the answer to that because you do hear a lot of discussion about internal inspection and when should I be doing it? And there are some blades I think people should be doing it more regularly. I think we could all agree to that. The second piece is full service agreements. The FSA is that a lot of OEMs are signing right now, and some of them are signing 20, and I saw one that was a 30-year agreement <laughs> for a wind site. Like, wow, 30 years is a long time. Uh, shadow inspections, like we had talked about, even if you have an FSA, does it make sense to sort of have an independent review of that even if the OEM is supposedly doing it, does it make sense to have Onyx Insight come in and do that inspection like as it gets to the five-year time span, just to make sure that you're getting what you're paying for? Yeah, I, I've seen mixed responses to this, and it depends kind of on your relationship with the FSA and what it's providing. Usually always lightning. You know, your specialty is always on the, the owner as a force majeure event. Um, so if you're seeing a ton of lightning on site, depending on the quality of the inspections and kind of what, you know, what they're recommending for repair every year. If it seems like, you know, you have a long-term FSA um, and they're not a ton of lining damages and they're not really, um, yeah, it doesn't seem overly uh, excessive in terms of what they're recommending for the lightning repairs. You know, maybe you just review the data that they provide to you. Um, granted that if you are getting the data, and it seems to be good quality. It seems to align with what, um, yeah, you know, seems to make sense. And that you might want to, you know, if you don't have the expertise in house, have you know a consultant look at that, an independent consultant to make sure that what they're recommending, yeah, that makes sense with what industry standard. They're not asking you to repair tiny little pinholes, or they're not leaving giant delaminations to grow and then have a lot of downtime at the end. So there's you know a gambit. Um, and then if you have a shorter FSA where you may be thinking about self-performing later on, that's where I think shadow monitoring um, as an approach makes more sense. Because, you know, if you have a 30, you know, for the life of the entire wind farm, or that's your general strategy, um, you do have to consider performance if that's, cons you know, because there's a lot of complications with the contracts and depends on your specific contract. But if you are, you know, they're only going to, handle replacements and repairs, but, you know, performance is kind of on you, they could let things grow and then have, you know, to replace a blade if something gets that bad. I mean, that's a ton of downtime and performance loss that you don't, you don't want. Um, so I think there's still benefit, even if they're covering replacements, covering repairs to, yeah, at least on a kind of short, you know, five-year kind of basis or, you know, a two-year is a typical warranty period. So you want to be looking at those kind of timeframes to do a spot check. 
either reviewing the data if they're providing it to you, like high quality drone inspection data that they're taking to make their assessment. Um, if they're providing that to you, you know, every couple of years, you want to be looking at that um, to make sure that, you know, they aren't letting giant cracks just sit on the blade thinking that, you know, oh, we'll just replace it in five years because it's a lot of lost production when they do that instead of repairing it when it's small. Um, and then if you're thinking about self-performing, you want to make sure that those turbines are in excellent shape and being taken care of. Um, so in that case, you may you start reviewing the data. And if the data is not of high quality, you're seeing a lot of issues, then maybe, you know, scheduling an independent inspection. So you get your own data, you have control over the quality and then you can make a better informed decision. And again, this may be specific to those who are moving to a self-performed model, even in five years' time, um, because there could be issues, you know, if they're letting, you know, if things are growing or they're not addressing cracks or light, lightning delaminations, other issues. You want to know that ahead of time. Make sure that, yeah, you're getting what you're paid for, the blades are in good quality, so that when you, if you move to self-perform, you know, you end up with the best product um, moving forward. And that's a confusing question. I think a lot of operators are going through that right now. And uh, shadow monitoring is something that you hear once in a while, but I, th I think it's going to be become more prominent as time goes on with these full service agreements that they're going to see much more of it. And they need a resource like Onic Insight to help them make that decision. And it's, it's good you describe that because a lot of operators listen to this podcast and they're going to be contacting you, I'm sure. So how do we contact you? How do we reach out to Mega Rotondo at Onyx Insight? That happens to be my email, so you can just email me. Um, but our website is a pretty good resource, and we have some good information about all of our offerings um, from drivetrain onto blades, and then specifically on drone inspections. Um, there's a contact form right on our website for drone inspections. So if you are interested, um, best place is to go to the website, or um, you can reach out to me directly. Um, especially if it's blade-related. Megan, I saw on LinkedIn that Onyx Insight is having a symposium in October. Yeah, we are hosting our um, U.S. Technical Symposium in Boulder, Colorado, where we invite operators to come and discuss technical topics. Right, and that's not blade-specific. That's turbine, sort of turbine-specific. So you're looking at gearboxes and all the all the pieces to a wind turbine. And, and it, I've known people that have attended that and think it's fantastic. So if you intend on getting to that symposium, you better sign up now, otherwise you're going to miss out. And you you find that by going to the Onyx Insight website and signing up or, or through LinkedIn. I think you could sign up through LinkedIn. Yeah, there's multiple avenues. So through our LinkedIn, there should be a registration um, link there, as well as our website. And that will that will become full very quickly. I, I, I think you had one, was it last year? It seemed to be really popular. I think it's up to 100 people. Um, it's Yeah, but it is limited. Um, so we do have to cap it as, due to the size of the room. Well, maybe we'll have to look into bigger venues eventually. But um, I think like 70 people come from various operators all across the globe. But, you know, a lot of North American operators will be there. And um, yeah, it's just really good exposure to what's going on and discussing reliability issues um, with everyone across the industry. Well, Megan, it's been great to have you back on again. We, we love having you on because you give us all this blade insight. And keep this up to date on the latest offering. So I really appreciate having you on the program. And we, we got to have you back soon. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoy listening to the podcast. I find it really informative. So honored to be a guest. Cool.